glad you could join us this morning on 10 Minutes in the Field. My name is David. Each one of us has been called to a field, whether it be a teenager, a father, a mother, a youth leader, or if you simply consider yourself a regular Christian, our field is the world we live in. For each one's field, the challenges are different, but the expectations are the same, to bring glory to God. This morning, I pray that you'll be encouraged as we look at the scriptures together. Several times when trouble comes in our house at home, Grace has a tendency of uh, reflecting on the story of Joseph. But this time she sees the story of Joseph not as we usually see it. She sees the story of Joseph and his suffering through the eyes of his mother. And think about it. One day, probably Joseph's father is sending Joseph out and the mom is like, no, he's not old enough to go out by himself. And that day, Joseph's uh, father is like, okay, let's wait until he's 13, let's wait until he's 14. But this one day he says, now he's old enough, let us send him out to take food to his what? To his brothers. But that day he doesn't come back, he doesn't return. But his brothers come running back home with his coat of many colors, screaming and saying, he's dead, he's dead. And the mother looks and says, my son is gone. He's the only son I had. In fact, before that, you realize that Rachel had trouble giving birth. The only son that she has is now what? Is now dead. As she grabs his coat full of blood, she whispers, maybe it's better not to have a child at all because I cannot endure this pain. This pain is unbearable. Imagine the pain of the father, not only for losing his son, but for causing such pain for his wife. Maybe the father is saying, maybe I can go look for him. But the evidence is overwhelming of the coat that is full of what? That's full of blood. For sure, there's nothing to find, nothing to bury. There's not even a grave for us to remember Joseph. Some time passes and there's some sort of relief. Then Jacob and Rachel try to have another child. At last, God has given us another child. But just when they're giving birth to another child called Benjamin, what happens? Rachel passes away. Just before she dies, the midwife whispers to her and says, it's a boy. And she gives him a name. Another child, but I'm not able to see him and see the rest of his switch. We don't feel as bad for Rachel, why? Because we know how the story ends, isn't it? Joseph was never dead. Wouldn't it be easier, even on our own challenges, just to know how the story ends? Because as you suffer, at least you know how the story ends. Maybe it can give you some relief along the way. And you say, you know what? This is not the end of the story. Meanwhile, in, in Joseph's life, God is continuing to work in the life of who? Joseph. He's thrown in the pit. His brothers suggest we should kill him. He keeps dreaming that we shall bow to him. Let's kill him. Then one of the brothers suggests and says, you know what, let's not do that. Let's just put him down here. We'll come back. Yaki, he had planned to come back and rescue him later on. But Joseph is sold to Egypt as a slave. One that once dreamt of everyone else buying down to him is a slave. He's sold in slavery, out of that slavery market, into Potiphar's house. At least he's the manager of the house. And guess what? Soon, he's thrown in prison for a crime he never did what? He never committed. Wouldn't it be easier if Joseph knew how the story ends? Maybe he would not suffer as much as he suffered emotionally in prison. Maybe it would have been easier. While in prison, God is still at work in the heart of who? Or Joseph. But maybe he sees it. Maybe Joseph doesn't see it. We do not know. But one thing we know that Joseph became the best of prisoners. That the prison guard said will put him in charge of other what? Other prisoners. The man continues to dream. And his dream gets him out of prison. But he doesn't get out immediately. 
The first guy in the priest dream for takes a long time before he talks to the king about him. But eventually, Joseph is out of prison, ends up in the palace, serving right beside the king. And we know how the story ends. What happens? Joseph eventually becomes prime minister of Egypt. His brothers return for food. Ha! The time for revenge has done what? Has come. These are the same fellas that did what? That threw me in the pit. They sold me to Egypt. The time has come. But what does Joseph say in Genesis 50, 20? He says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are when? Today. It's interesting for us to know how the story ends. Joseph didn't. Job never knew how the story would turn out. The meeting between God and the enemy, Job was not present. Job wasn't present. But the man concludes and says, should we only expect good from God? He endures through it. Today I want us to just introduce the book of James. We'll look at the very first few verses as we introduce this book of James and see what exactly does it mean when he talks about consider trials with joy. He says, count it all joy when you face various trials and temptations. Why? Because somehow James knows the story ends well. So right now in the process, count it all joy. Count it all joy because the story ends well. God has the best in mind for you it's important to understand that joy is much deeper than happiness i think it's pastor Tom Jerry who usually put it that way happiness is the things that happen to you the happenings that we don't base our life on what the happenings of our lives but the joy that comes from within being happy during painful trials is very unrealistic very unrealistic it seems unnatural and unreasonable. And that's not what James is talking about. But joy is very possible because joy, in a way, is defined as rejoicing in spite of circumstances that God is in control of everything and always has our best in what? In mind. He's taking you through it because he has the best in mind. He has the best in mind. The other thing you will notice from the book of James one, consider it trials with joy. Number two, trials are the workouts that produce what? Endurance. I tried working out after a long time. Oh my goodness. I thought I had malaria. You know how you are in the night and you think you're actually sick. You're convinced you're, you're sick. And it's just your muscles telling you, man, you overworked. I tried to turn in bed. You know how you turn and you're turning one limb at a time. Stand the leg. Then Grace touched me. She was right behind me and said, What's the matter? <laughs> and I don't touch, don't touch, don't touch. It hurts. It wasn't funny. Until today, I'm still healing. Keeps you healthy. And the God has designed these trials to be workouts to produce what? To produce endurance. Similarly, if you joyfully endure trials or faith tests, God's looking for specific results from you because he brings them in your life. He's looking for specific results. James tells us that we can expect as a result endurance because that's what it produces. We are told that this kind of workout will produce steadfastness. It will produce perseverance. It will produce endurance. 
In a way, you're building spiritual stamina. And stick with it. Stick with it. Don't give up. Just stick with it. Stick with it. Can I also say that at each point in Joseph's life, Joseph would have chosen to commit suicide. He would have chosen to take his life at each of those points. You imagine the pit and your own brothers are saying, let's kill him. He could have been thinking, no one is taking my life, I'll take it. Imagine as a slave. Imagine yourself in prison at each of those points today. Us sitting here, maybe if we went through it, most likely we would take our own lives. Who takes their life because they've gone to Instagram and asked, should I take my life, yes or no? And majority are yes, so you take your life. Really? Really? Let me just show you some statistics here. That's showing suicide by age and income level. <laughs> what you see on red is low income what? Earners. But you see how it spikes from between the age of 10 and 15? It just shoots up. 2025, it's really up. At 30, people begin to get some sense. But it's amazing that it's attached to what? Income levels. Means there's trials in this world that we equate to what? To money. It says endure, endure hardships, endure hardships. The other thing is, between 10 and 15 is us sitting here. 15 and 20, it's us sitting here. It is us sitting here. We are the ones most prone to do what? To take our own lives. And I'm going to be giving you scenarios at the end of what you may be going through and how we ought to, to react towards those. Thank you so much for listening to 10 Minutes in the Field. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Kindly share with friends and remind them to subscribe. Hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.